You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. We're going to start with some reading of the Bible. This is from Acts 1. Can we have a volunteer to read this out loud? We have a passage up here, just 11 verses. The last moments Jesus is on earth. Anyone want to do that? Okay, Brian. Nicole, you want to do it? Go ahead. In the first book, Philotheus, I wrote about all that Jesus had begun to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, After his great suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them to not leave Jerusalem, but to stay there for the promise of the Father, their Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you restore the kingdom to Israel? And then the Lord replied, It is not for you to know the times the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing up to heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, Galilee, why do you stand up looking, looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will be, will come in the same way as you saw him go in. That's good. We'll talk about it. Let's pray. Let's pray before we keep going. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Why do you stand up there? Why do you stand looking up towards heaven? Not the most comforting greeting from the men in robes that are looking down at the disciples, right? This is a big moment for them. This rabbi that they followed for three years or two years, let's say two years, because it's Luke's account, um, dies. So he dies this, uh, this, this death that's surprising to them. 
They think he's going to come as a savior, and he is in many ways, but he dies. And so they're already reeling because of this possibility. This thing happened. The guy we followed for so many years is dead. Then he resurrects. So the unthinkable happens. The miraculous happens. They get a burst of joy and possibility. Oh, this might be real. Something might happen. This might be it. This might be the moment. And then he hangs around with them for 40 days. And so something new is happening. And then he ascends. He leaves again. And they ask him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this going to happen now? Is this what you're doing? Are you going to give us what we've been asking for, this political victory that we've been waiting for? Is this it? Because we thought you were going to do it before you died. You resurrected. You hung around for 40 days. Nothing really happened in that vein. And now you're leaving. Is this, gonna, is this the time? And Jesus gives them a cryptic, unhelpful answer. I don't even know the time, he says. Only the Father does. So they're shocked. They're wondering, what's next for them? What hope do we have? What's going to happen? He just left. What's, gonna, what's the next thing? They want to move with God. But I'm sure there's some emotional, there's some disappointment and shock as to what's happening. They want to move with what the Spirit is doing next. But it's hard to imagine that when Jesus just left. they, They want to keep journeying, but there's a major disruption. Jesus defeats death, lives among them for 40 days, and then ascends. He's physically present. He's physically embodied. Doesn't this text also say he eats with them? Pay attention every time the writer mentions that Jesus is eating with them that there's a, a, a connection, a physical connection that matters. Um, something material is happening. There's something physical happening. It matters. In the present, it's embodied, it's real. And then he ascends and he tells them, you know, you're going to be as materially significant as I am. The Holy Spirit is going to come. You can go embody this work just like I did in my ministry and in my 40 days here. The Holy Spirit's coming. A revolution is coming. Something new is happening. And we all bear witness to it. Bear witness to Jesus. He ascends, and now we have the opportunity to be representatives of Jesus in a living body, in a living church. And what, what will follow in Acts is, I mean, the, 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 the book is called The Acts of the Apostles, the things they did, the material things they did, is a very active church that demonstrates the body of Christ in real ways, in real significant ways, through healing, through redistribution, through creating a new kind of society in their little church of Jerusalem. We all get to participate in that now. A living church has to always be ready to move with where the Spirit is moving next, following where she leads next, wanting to continue to have the Gospels have a material impact. 
A material uh, uh, living church needs to be ready to let go of the precious memories it's held in the past and journey with what the Spirit is doing next, being present to the gospel with great flexibility. A living church is one that's at home in its time and place and keeps all the great things that it's learned from its past. We've said we're called to move with what the Spirit is doing next. We aren't beholden to our institutions and our traditions. We're alive and ready to move with the fire of the Spirit. We're a living church and we're on the move. We're ready to move with where God wants us to move next. And in many ways, we've done this as a church. Over the last 27 months, 28 months, the pandemic's been going for a long time. I saw my nephew, my nephew for the first time yesterday. He was, his whole life has been in the pandemic. There's nothing that happened. This is just how it is. You know, it's surprising. I just found out. I just, it, I just, it just dawned on me this week that the shooting at Columbine High School happened just two years before 9-11. That's like, a, for me and my age, that's like a surprising thing. Because they felt very far apart. Um, but they were very close together. And my friend said, I don't even remember Columbine. I, I barely remember 9-11. All I remember is lockdowns. That was part of the normal life. That's what I remember. This is how our society works now. So this child, this, my nephew, was born right into it, right into the changes and adaptations where the spirit was leading next. You know, The United States was at war with Afghanistan for 21 years. You know, people served in that war that were born after it started. Society changes and moves, and we move along with it, present in our time and place. And we've done radical things over the last 28 months. We moved with where the Spirit is doing next. We had to let go of the precious memories we had, inventing new ways to worship how to observe communion, ways to get baptized, how we welcome new members, and how we have cells. All of this has adapted us, you know. Even if you took an image of this room right now, three years ago, it would be jarring to see us all be wearing masks. Like that was just unheard of in our society, you know. And then yesterday, my cousin is saying to me, be sure to wear a mask inside, right? The norms are changing. And we're now ready to invent new memories too, as a body. As COVID-19 ravaged the country, we still were able to be at, our, at home in our time and place, ready to meet the needs of the present world, even in a deadly pandemic. And we believed that we could also stay true to who we are as a church, keeping the, learning the best from our past and moving into what's next. This moment of change, in this moment of change, you all didn't just look up to heaven. Something different happened. You acted, you moved, you helped keep the church together through the hardest things we've ever endured. What's more is that we, we, we took on this conviction to be more of who we said we were, more anti-racist, LGBT-inclusive, anti-oppression during this time, too. We kept moving with where the Spirit is doing, moving next.
So if you're here, bravo. We're facing newer challenges, even with a change in this mission, right? A lot of things are changing about us. Just this week, the pastors sent a letter to the bishop of our conference in the Brethren in Christ, rescinding our licenses and expressing the intent to leave the denomination because they are not affirming, and we are. It's a big step for us to do this, and it comes potentially with a great cost. So now we're entering into a conversation with the denomination about holding on to our assets and our buildings, and we're going to do what it takes, I think, to do that. So it's a big moment. We're ready to move with what the Spirit's doing next. Those are, that's what it means to let go of those precious memories. Something different's happening. The early church had to act and move in ways to face its own crisis. The disciples who looked up at their sky at the, had just, at their resurrected rabbi leaving, held on to this nebulous promise that God's spirit was coming to them. The promise was overcast by this dire situation they were in. A renegade group of people, not sure if their little movement will keep going. An offshoot of Judaism, almost a, a competing religion to Judaism, trying to find its way in the world with nothing more than a story of a dead rabbi who they insist resurrected, but isn't here anymore. I can relate to that. You know, we worship Jesus every week, but he isn't here presently. We say he's resurrected, right? But he isn't here. So they're experiencing the same things we are. Their faith is based in the same circumstances that we are. And just a few generations removed, it'll be even more like us. So in their, in their confusion and in their despair, I, I, I enter in as well. Surrounded by enemies and a charge to love those enemies a perilous circumstance they're in, and like we're in a perilous circumstance now. We were founded as an anti-racist church in 1996, a circle of hope, and we wanted to do what it took to keep being anti-racist, anti-oppression. And we knew it was a journey then, not a destination, and we're realizing that now too. So we're bravely moving, listening to the marginalized as they help us move with where the Spirit's going next. It's hard to do that. It's hard as a predominantly white church to even do that. Although even in this room, if you look around, it's not predominantly white. That's interesting to me. When we move with what the Spirit's doing next, when Jesus ascends and we miss the material presence of our God, the call is to be, receive, allow the Holy Spirit to overcome us so that we can do material things that express the physical and material nature of the resurrection. It's really important that our actions have physical consequences. That's why we eat the bread and drink the cup. It's physical. It's tangible. And even if you're at home doing this, Consume it physically and tangibly. The gospel has to be expressed in earnest. The Church of Acts shows us how to do that as they share all things in common and come up with a whole new way to live. We have to do the same now. We have to have material consequence. Our faith has to have a material expression. 
This is why it's so frustrating when we, one hand, say we're going to do this and then we don't actually have anything to back it up. We're going to be an anti-racist church. Well, what does that take? What's that cost us? We're going to be LGBT affirming. Well, then leave your denomination. Make a stand. Do something material. You know, if you're going to pray, if you're going to offer thoughts and prayers to the victims of the shooting in, in Texas this week, then follow it with a material change. Or, or else it is a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Those prayers don't matter to God if they're not followed with something material. Let them move you to do something. That's why it's so frustrating to see that, right? Time and again. You know, there's something material that we can do. Be even more material because Jesus isn't present in physical form. We're the body of Christ. And so Christians have to act in a way that has material significance. And when we don't, we're hypocrites. And Jesus' charge against the Pharisees in the New Testament was their hypocrisy. Even today, people think Christians are, are uh, not trustworthy because we say one thing and do the other. We want to have a church that's materially significant, that matters, that's physically present in our neighborhoods, in our communities, that makes a difference. And I can tell you, too, as your pastor, as a person of color among you who's been journeying with you for a long time, the work that we're doing is actually working. It actually has some significance. Our collective bravery helps so many feel seen and heard. And it'll pay off. And in the middle of this crisis, we're including and moving with what the Spirit is doing next. And we'll keep doing that. Even if it means dying to our precious memories, we'll all have to make a sacrifice there too. We're committed to learning the best from our past and moving with where God is leading us now. In our world, we're bringing the gospel to the present with great flexibility so that people don't have to look up to the sky. They can look to us and see Jesus and the Spirit working. Who knows where the Spirit is moving next? But I can assure you, if we're uncomfortable, even if we're uncomfortable, it'll be good. We don't have to look at the sky astonished. We can move with the Spirit, ready to do what's next. Let's say a prayer, and then we'll do some talk back, okay? Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.